0: Do you dream of being CEO of your own empire, running your own company, achieving your life's goals, yet wake up in a cold sweat, next the last night's takeout leftovers and a pile of bus ticket stubs? You um, are not alone. Like many others, you are suffering from a classic case of caviar dreams, tuna fish budget. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Barbuto.
1: And every week, we'll be talking to influencers, trailblazers, disruptors, and risk takers who share their own journey to caviar dreams on a tuna fish budget.
0: Side effects may include increased motivation, boundless happiness, and a fast track to success. Oh, caviar dreamers. And hello, Labrador Retrievers, which is how my husband and my kids like to refer to our podcast. And I'm enjoying, and I'm sorry,
1: I'm coughing, yawning, because... We're doing construction on the second floor in my house and it's been a very rough day and that's why our podcast is a day late and I'm really sorry because we've been having so much banging. We have no- Not
0: the good kind.
1: Yeah, not the kind where I'm like so excited and my head's hitting the <laughs> headboard. <laughs> but the kind where- A construction
0: worker falls through a wall.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely terrible and I cannot handle it. I don't know what's going on.
0: Yes. They ruined I mean. my
1: wallpaper in the upstairs and yeah, they fell through a wall. These my
0: closets really big. Yes, the closet's going to be fantastic when it's done, but the beautiful Tebow I think it's as big as this room, almost. The library might be there. It could be bigger, yeah, for sure. But the Tebow crocodile wallpaper that was so beautifully installed by the Super Joe under duress during pandemic now has a man-sized hole in it.
1: Exactly, but thank God we have extra wallpaper, so it will be yes. fixed.
0: And you're taking this really well. Yeah,
1: I think I'm just, I can't take it anymore, and I've dealt with so much construction drama
0: you have construction fatigue.
1: I do, like and I'm just so exhausted. The energy
0: to
2: get
1: no, stressed and you know what? I'm anymore. just so happy. It's Pride Month, and it's all about sparkles, rainbows, and fabulous. I can't focus on those construction, manly pain in the ass. No,
0: Mia. today is someone that we are obsessed with, and he sang at the Pride flag raising
1: in town. Yes, Robert Bannon, a big, yeah. a big caviar dreamer, dream chaser. Yes, he's out with his new album. He is, and his voice... Unfinished business. Moves you to tears. His voice is magnificent,
0: and he has chased his dream because he's really been a fifth grade teacher, fifth grade history teacher. Yes, yes, he has been a teacher. He put his dream on hold for a little bit because um, he was getting some setbacks, and then he was moved... By enough Broadway show that he saw to get back out there and chase his dream. So I think his story is so inspiring because he really has an amazing talent. But even when you have an amazing talent, you can still have self doubt that sets you back, and that could be the tuna fish tea caviar dream. Exactly, and I think that's what it is. And he went for it. He took, he put on
1: pause for a little while, and then went back to it. Yep. Let's welcome in. Hi, Robert. Hi, Robert. We're oh, so excited. you
0: so much.
1: Especially Pride Month because Unfinished Business, So super excited, your new album. You sang at the Pride flag raising in Englewood. Your song moved everybody to tears. Yes. You're, you're so fabulous. But you've also chased your dreams if you put them on hold. So I just want everybody to hear your amazing stories.
2: I was born and raised in New Jersey. My parents are not musical at all, 0%. Nobody is. I was like shot out of a cannon with my personality. They're so shy. And at 12 years old, I told them that I wanted to be a singer. And my parents did what all Jersey parents do. They took me to the mall. I, there was a dance class. <laughs> Took you to the mall, <laughs> what they said. In per, and it was in between the pizzeria and the Chinese food restaurant. Was this dance class, and I wanted to sing. And I, the music teacher there, said you need to go somewhere and really learn. So they set what me up. What mall was this?
1: Paramus? What mall was
2: this? Uh, the Bergen Mall. When they used to have Bergen the downstairs. Yes. stairs. The downstairs used to be the little office suites. <laughs> and I went to Juilliard Prep, and and when I and I started really working, I was I was doing shows with Patti LaBelle. I was doing Madison Square Garden. Oh my I. I was a singer, I was gonna be a singer. And I got really sick my freshman year. And I had uh, meningitis caused by undiagnosed chronic Lyme disease.
1: Oh,
2: devastating. Three years of uh, hyperbaric oxygen treatment and IV, and my mom learned how to give me all this intravenous medication, and I was homeschooled, and I had lost that whole uh, journey to music. So when I was 18 and finally felt healthy again, I went and auditioned for rent on Broadway. They called me in to replace Roger in the show. And I botched the music so bad. I didn't know the lyrics to anything. And I left the audition and said, I'm just not cut out for this. Like, I can't do this. I've lost all these years. I'm over. I'm 18 and I'm a has been. I'm over. over." (laughs) So I changed majors in college and I became a school teacher. And I said, I'm going to leave that whole world behind and just go see shows and support art, but every time I'd go see a musical or see a concert, I'd get choked up. Like I, I would, I love art and I love creating art and I love seeing other people do art. And speaking of Englewood, uh, my first job ever was at the John Harms Center for the Arts, which is now Bergen Pack. I sold yes. tickets. I just wanted to be around artists. I just wanted to be around people who loved music. Um, and so I went and became, got my principal's license and my double master's degree and taught in North Bergen and taught fifth grade history forever. And um, before I was out, and before speaking of unfinished yes. business, before I was out, I was married. I met. I didn't know that. Advice. We don't know. <laughs> we do got <laughs> an I do have my own not house. married. I, I met my ex-wife at the John Harms Center for the Arts in the box office. I was seventeen. Now, when people have their first date and their first crush and everything, you're 13, 14, 15, 16, I was sick. I was in and out of John Hopkins yes. in Baltimore. So I just met her and she's gorgeous and she was so much personality and she was my best friend and she was my first friend I made after being sick. Yes. And I thought my good little Italian, a Catholic family, like I'll bring home her and they'll live happily ever after. And we spent yes. six sixteen years together.
1: Wow! No. Now, during do you mind me asking you some? During you
2: could ask me anything. Oh, thank you. <laughs> now,
1: during those sixteen years, were you like maybe this isn't for me? I love her, but you know, I might I'm attracted to men. I just
2: I absolutely knew that 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 I was not. Um, fully authentically living my best true life. I knew I loved her. And I knew that I was happy and relieved because at that time I was so afraid to come out that I didn't have to deal with it. I was so scared. I, and I, you know, everyone gives me credit and and credit and I get to, you know, be a part of, uh, you know, the, uh, this pride month, but the kids that are younger than me, that are students of mine who have come out to me who were 12, 13, 14, 15 years old and went home to their parents and their parents may not agree with who they are or give them pushback. They're the heroes. They're the ones that give me courage. I was, I was a coward. I was a no, chicken. You weren't no, a
1: coward. I, things were very, was, different. I think things were also very different. Yes. It
2: was, it, it took me a minute and, and, and to get there. It was not at that time. It was just something that I, Think of and, and you know my, Samantha. Hey, she was there at the flag raising. She came with her now son, my ex-wife. We work in the same school district. You know, wow, we're we're wow. best friends. That's, so
1: That's great. Awesome. That's
2: so. <laughs> so she, we did not get divorced because of this. We got divorced for other reasons. And then I spent three years by myself. I went to lots of therapy. My therapist has a shore house from my Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield. <laughs> And I I really learned at who I was and faced all of that. And and I came out and started singing at the same time.
1: The singing was, came back to you. Uh, wow, a rebirth on two levels. I love
2: it. Truly. And the singing came back to me. And I went to see a show. The people who wrote, I think he knew. I went to see their show. I did not know them. And the song and the show and everything about them moved me. And I just, I'm one of those people that feels Uh, There are lots of people out there who could help me and know more than me. So I'm just going to ask. So I just sent them a message on Twitter. This was years ago before social media became such a big thing. And I just said, I love your work. I wish I could be a part of what you do. And they said, come over. We'll we'll do vocal lessons. We'll help you build your one-man show. And I called it Unfinished Business. And we debuted it in New York because I hadn't done anything in so long. And I felt like it was something I needed to finish. And it then continued and grew and now it turns into a full album that comes out july 2nd
1: oh i'm oh, so excited Congratulations. <laughs> thank it's you such a big deal so tell me like also you're on snl people's lifelong dream is to go on saturday night live how did this happen
2: i was divorced in acting school at 32 lost not knowing what the hell i was doing living with my mother uh which god <laughs> bless her she's the best but you're still living with your mother yes, and, your yes. and i was uh, in the living room and i got an email and it said available for snl and i was like look at the spam look at the spam email so i googled the person's name and Believe it or not, she was the casting director for SNL. And I sent her a picture. Uh, She said, "Send, send a current picture. We need somebody for this airport scene. And she said, we can't use you because your hair is too long but we need blonde hair and blue eyes, but we need someone that like resembles someone scary on a plane. They dressed me up in like this tough clothes with this, like it looks like I'm carrying a gun on an airplane. It was when the TSA was not letting people in from certain places and they wanted to show that me with my blonde hair and blue eyes gets through the TSA line. Yes, even, so gun, and a No one else. Yes, does yes, yes. So they wanted, me, they wanted someone with a shaved head. And I said to her, listen, I've watched this show since I'm a kid, every Saturday night. I will go to Supercuts on Lemoyne Avenue in Fort Lee, New Jersey yes, right yes, now. And shave my head. And, and she said, I'll ask the director. And the director said, okay. And I went to Supercuts and told them to shave my head. She remembered me and she continues and continued to book me for the past four years. I've gotten to do everything from being fake bands, to be waiters, to have real parts and real bits with people and work with also, st- it's, it's, it is surreal. Um, it sometimes doesn't feel real because all of this is so different than what i was have been used to for the first part of my life it's it's such a a blessing like i'm so grateful to people like you both and everyone out there who listens to my story because it, and i feel so passionate about when you lean into whatever you're you're called kind of to do if it's if it's television if it's singing if it's acting if it's design and fashion and, and like whatever is out there it, it kind of is it's hard but it's easier because you're it's what you're kind of supposed to do. It's it feels right. So when I finally faced all the fears and insecurity that I had, it all wasn't as bad as I ever thought it was gonna be. It we we could fix anything. So that's a problem and we just made it work. So I'm just on my journey.
0: I know. <laughs> I love that. And I love that it's very full circle because I feel like for you, living your best full, authentic life came for you when you were honest and open with yourself, but it took you so long because there wasn't representation necessarily. And I think it's so amazing that now you represent for the kids you teach at the same time. So it's such like a full circle moment
2: well on a daily uh, basis since the song the song came out on June 2nd the video came out in June 2nd so the past 2 3 weeks on a, I mean it I, I'm sure you guys have been inundated with messages and how much you mean to people and how people look up to you and your story especially with with your book Margaret and everything oh, like that. It's amazing but I get messages from parents and and um, I get messages from brothers and sisters who have their brother from a different time never came out, never got to tell their father. They never got to live their authentic life and everyone knew and never accepted them or children who I, I was in Richfield Park High School, which is where I went, which is in New Jersey. And I had a student say after when after I sang the song and said, I told my parents and they don't accept me. My dad told me it's a phase. What do I do? It's such a responsibility and I hope to be a good example that that you know it's okay we're perfect you're perfect just the way you are you're beautiful and I, and they, what happens if my parents don't accept me? I said to them, well, we, we you hope they will and you live your true life and and worst case scenarios you'll find people who love you and it's such a responsibility. But, and I'm very grateful. And I'm happy it's now and not when I was 18. At least yes. I have a little bit more life experience, hopefully.
1: Of course. And yeah. you're such a good example of living your authentic life. And I think, you know, these kids could look up to you and all that. And maybe when parents hear your song, they could be more accepting and understanding as yeah, well. They Don't could you get, feel yes, that way?
0: definitely. Definitely. They could get a different perspective.
2: You know? I hope so. Well, that's what I loved about the song and representation. Now, well, listen, I love a, a good dance song. I'm on a dance on a box and, and you know, go, go to the <laughs> club. Yeah, yeah but, be out
1: but, all night.
2: But I sometimes feel that uh, in in, in, uh, in culture, sometimes they portray the LGBTQ uh, plus community and, like, it's non-monogamous. No one is in a relationship that hey. everyone is just crazy, wild party. And I have so many friends, including myself, who are in committed relationships, who have family and children and love each other and and parents. And I loved the song because while I love the club songs and I want to, you know, dance and have fun, this song is a song about love and parents and family and a family that doesn't look like everyone else's normal family that I feel like needs to be represented. So it meant a lot to me in the video, especially to use uh, to have a partner in the video, have show a son in the video, show a father, it, it means a lot to me.
1: No, you know what, and I do feel sometimes the LGBTQ plus community does get, you know, pigeonholed sometimes into yeah. that. Because that's not true. All my, you know, all my friends who are part of the community, so many of them, are married yeah, are a couple, committed, very committed relationships. monogamous yes. relationships and the assumption monogamous I think and that same thing in the hetero community yeah people yep. it's it's the same across every everything yes. and i yes. think that that is a common misnomer and i don't like that yes
0: it's
2: true that's why I felt I felt the same way. And I met some of your friends and they are beautiful, lovely people. And I met a lot of couples that were, that are friends and I have a lot of couples that are friends of mine. And I just like that the song gives a different perspective. And I know that a younger kid or an older kid and parents that it's a if you see I hope that when you watch it, especially at the end, when you see my real father and you see him accept me, and in the scene where I meet the son and I'm with the partner and I give the glove to him, my mom is sitting behind me. It it, there, it is all it is a family affair that that I wanted to show that my family through all my ups and downs and roller coaster ride that I put them on have always been accepting uh, of who I am, and I hope to be able to do that to my own future children. And I hope that people I can be a little piece of some peace in their life to to try to make them feel accepted and loved and show that they're beautiful it's kind of it it, it just it just feels that important to me it Um, is
0: important because I know um I saw parents going to pride and I made this makes me cry and hugging children giving free hugs free parent hugs to kids at pride whose families don't (laughs) Except that, and I say all the time, I want to be that mom that goes, gives those oh, free hugs. Oh, the I thing can, that got me that, that really was cry. the cutest thing ever was Kristen Bell wrote, yeah. Dex, I think she wrote to what well, she wrote to Dex Shepard. I think it was her that wrote to him and said, Dex, hopefully this is me and you next year and for every year. Like, I was like, oh my god, uh, they are like my favorite couple. But that's like, to me, that really hit home because that. People really need a parental figure to accept them. And, and people could say, well, you don't, what well, do you need acceptance from your parents? Well, go but live. No, I don't, I don't. I don't. Right. Yeah. Things but you want natural thing. Yes, of course.
2: Children. Of course. No matter what, no matter how you, no matter how old you are, no matter what stage or age you're at, or no matter what you've accomplished, you look for your mom or a father of the parental figures in your life to support and accept you. It of would Of course. Break my of course. I just want you to
1: know. My hair, because I bleached the crap out of it, yep. which I happen to love the color of it. It's very blonde. I've been using Hair Story, though, shampoo, and
0: my hair is so much healthier. I also have been using the Hair Story. I used it this morning, in fact. I love it. It's so game-changing for so many reasons. Not to, It's one product. Yes, no you one. don't have to condition with this, because it, it feels like a conditioner. Yeah, actually... It has no detergents, it's really good for your hair, and it's good for the environment, and it's created by the people who founded Bumble and Bumble. They have a great range of products too, so there's something for everyone whether your hair is curly, or straight, or colored, or gray, Whatever your hair, they have something for you. I use that little powder as well. I love the powder, and the powder was what was concealing it your was, roots. Yes, it's and that I little. Yes, it's that little lift. You snake your it's roots a, were better than mine. Yeah, it was just, and it covers my roots, but it also makes my hair a little fluffier. I it's really good. So for our listeners, they are sponsoring our show this week. Thank you, Hair Story. Yes, I love your Hair Story. So check out Hair Story at hairstory.com and use our promo code CAVIAR to get 15% off your first purchase. That's hairstory.com. H-A-I-R-S-T-O-R-Y.com and use our code CAVIAR to get 15% off hairstory.com.
1: And... and it's true and it's and just it's, so it's upsetting a, I can't imagine being a mother that I am mm-hmm. you know not accepting my children no. I just can't imagine I don't
2: understand and I I don't and I was never afraid to come out from my parents when I was in seventh grade what happened is um, I was a musical theater like we were yes. saying and I was they spray painted Robert Bannon and, and they they used the anti the homophobic language uh, uh, and spray painted it on the wall I never oh. went home I never told my parents I never told the principal because I felt like if that was written on the wall and it was there that someone thought that about me, if I brought attention to it, then it was going to follow me. And I was embarrassed. And now I look back to that kid and I'm going to sound real corny, but like to really spend time thinking about that little 12 year old boy and how afraid he was and then being sick and all that it kind of puts the story in perspective. I just was so afraid to just come out and be who I was now at the age I am now. All I can do is try to encourage my students and the kids around me and any age, anyone that. It's not, and I said this before, it's not as bad as you think all this fear we carry around these words and what people say about us and the negative things people say about us, but there's something really beautiful in trying to be authentic. It's it's the same thing when I sing a song. I'm not the best singer. I don't, I'm not going to put in the best show. You're pretty pretty close. You're pretty much,
1: you're in the top. You're amazing. Your voice is so beautiful.
2: Thank you. I want you to, I want people to come hear my music or come see a show and I want to have a conversation like I'm having with you now. It's like being in a living room. I just want to open, be authentic, have a conversation, share a moment with each other. Because at the end of the day, that's really all we've got. We've got, I've got you and you've got me and we've got Is each other. Nice?
1: And not put yeah. on airs and pretend to be no. something we're not, because that's not any fun.
2: No, right. And I think if yes.
0: you watch some of the best things in the world, like when you watch the Barbara Streisand documentary, you realize, She's so down to earth. She's not I what know. you think she is. Who would be your dream person to perform with? Yes.
2: Okay, don't, 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 don't think I'm that cheesy. Okay. But when I, was, when I was 13, my Christmas gift was a karaoke machine, and it came with this demo cassette, and it was the hits of Barry Manilow. And oh, I love Barry. You want to hear
1: something <laughs> really funny? I, I, I thought that. you were going to say that. I had a funny feeling <laughs> you were going to say <laughs> Barry Manilow.
2: <laughs> Call me psychic. You're a and
1: psychic. And song. what would you sing, Mandy? I mean, what are you going to
2: say? I will sing, I can sing every single Barry Manilow song to you right now. I have memorized them since I'm 13 years old. I have once, I'll, I'll sing Mandy. I'll, I was the kid in eighth grade when it was solo night that sang I Write the Songs at 13. I was just like, <laughs> I want to sing
0: Well, you know what you have to watch? The Clive Davis documentary on Netflix. Because okay. he didn't want to sing that song. He thought that song sucked and Clive Davis would bring yeah. songs to him that- and Say these, and he would say that's not a good sign. Clive Davis really shaped his career. So, watch it. It's really interesting. Now,
1: I, not done. that I want to out Clive Davis, but has he ever come out?
2: He, he has come out as bi.
1: Bi. Because I'm going to tell you something very funny. My in laws, God rest mm. their souls, used to, um, from my ex husband Jen, used to babysit Clive Davis. His best care. friend, his sister Cena. Cena David is his sister was their best friend growing up and little Clive, they used to babysit him and you know, Clive and they said, you know, they always knew but Clive never, you know, came out or whatever. So it was just very funny because my in-laws used to say, Oh, we always, always knew he was great. He was such a little pisha. He was a little brat. He was this, (laughs) you know, but it was just so funny, but he was always smart and talented but he yeah. was always like the sidekick little pain in the neck they would have to
0: babysit that's really funny well,
2: he has magical ears and what he did for exactly. barry he, whitney is whitney. Know, whitney, 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 oh my whitney. god whitney.
0: unbelievable I would but say I the, best. Be the, the sidekick to to march josephs if i got you know a, a second chance i'd go and be the sidekick to clive davis of because course me
2: too that,
0: like how he's amazing it's It's interesting in that documentary too how one thing from his past really stuck with him and bothered him when he was exited from columbia records and he was he was like discredited like he really went back and sat all his exams again because he wanted to prove to himself that he could do it again it was like something that stayed with him like he was so it doesn't matter how other people see you it's how you see things i agree agreed and
2: I 100% agree, and someone gave me great advice years ago that when you go into a room to audition for something, they're not going to give it to the person who's the best singer. They're going to give it to the person who thinks they should get the job. That confidence is really contagious, and I had known... Marge, from your book and everything, like you, you talk about all the things that you overcame with. I sat with your mom the other night, and she talked about all the things that she overcame with and how she came here as a single mother and the route, the road that she took, uh, and and that is perseverance. And those stories are what inspire men and women everywhere. And that's a and I and I say that to you truly as a role model for me and everyone that to get up every day and fight the fight. It's a, the world is difficult and people trying to beat us down. Yeah.
1: It's true, and I think it is that we're resilient and we do persevere. Um, you know, and I always say we put—I put one high heel in front of the other. But it—it it is funny <laughs> because you know, I people don't realize. Everybody thinks it's so easy, and I always say there's no overnight success, right? And if you don't—that's I always say—I'm fifty percent delusional, you know, fifty percent determined. Because if you—if I don't believe yeah, my own but- hype, who else? And—and and it's the person who thinks and you know pushes forward every single day. You know, regardless of of what's going on. And that really that really separates people.
2: I agree. I totally agree. We I, I love that. I'm gonna steal that. I'm gonna hang it on my wall, half delusional and half determined.
1: Yeah, I know. We <laughs> have, I'm gonna ask you that. That's yes, a we, we always, always ask, people ask people that question. So if I say I'm fifty percent delusional, fifty percent determined, uh yeah, that's how I feel like I got my success. What do you what percentages are you?
2: Ah, oh, what a great question. Um I'm I, I will just, just as I know both of you are, I will bust my ass every day from morning till night. Like I love, the best feeling in the world is when I don't even turn the TV on and I go to sleep and I just work because I, I believe so much and want so badly to be successful at it. So I can definitely feel determined and I would love to say I'm 50% determined. I'm lucky too. I'm a quarter lucky. I have been lucky. I've met people. I was thinking about it the other day. For this to be, this is what it looks like. For this little album to be done, so many things had to line up. That that it stops me, where I stop myself and think like, wow, what lucky, what whatever the word is that is, I, I feel no, great gratitude. You hard, yes. And uh, and then I am think I am I'm fifteen, I'm twenty five percent nuts. You use the, nice <laughs> the nice word. I am nuts. I just want to. I have. I am hundred percent. Like, let's go. Who do we have to talk? I have no more shame in my game. If I need help. I'm gonna reach out to you. I'm gonna say, if You want me to sing at a car wash? You want me to sing at the Seven Eleven ribbon cutting? You want me to sing at <laughs> yes, yours wherever? Yes. Let's go. I'm ready. Wait, I, I, wait, say, wait, I, I, I do want to ask you
1: what's what station do you listen to on Sirius Radio?
2: Um, well, sometimes I listen to Sirius Sinatra because I do I do love the oldies and and I love yes. I love that stuff I, and I love the Pulse because I love I love pop and and I love that music and sometimes I even listen now to the Soul Cycle station because if I want like, to like. The-
1: Soul Cycle. What, what so,
2: is it? Soul. Soul. Cycle? soul, it's soul. soul. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I uh, listen to the Soul also. What is that? Uh, groove and Soul. No, I listen gro- to Soul. I listen to Soul. I listen to Studio Fifty Four. Yes. But I'm very big with the yacht rock.
2: Yes. Love it. I, I don't know it.
1: why I'm obsessed with the yacht rock. Maybe because oh, I. Maybe because I feel like I should be on a yacht. It reminds me of my childhood. <laughs> <mind>. <laughs> yes. It
0: reminds me of the, being at the beach with my mother. Well, it's but the a songwriter to songs, which I think I'm missing from music today. I know. Well, it, I hate to be that way, but I feel like I'm only- I like
2: it I too. It. No. Well, uh, the Yacht Rock, like Christopher Cross and Hollow Notes and, and mm-hmm. all of that, like those are, you, as you said, songwriter songs, songs that you know. And not to just and shamelessly plug my music, but I did, there's 11 songs on the album. There's one original song, which is the I Think He Knew, and the other songs are songs that meant something to me but I like stories. I, you know, I come from an acting background too, so I want a song that has a story and has good lyrics and a melody. So when I we did From a Distance cover of Bette Midler, we did it, you know, as a as a first responders like um, a tribute. And we do Whitney. We do a, my version of How Will I Know, but slowed down because I want to tell the story. And I think that the songs like Yacht Rock, like, there there's stories about people. Yes. Feelings, and that's what connects with people.
1: I mean, I die for Fleetwood Mac and
0: Stevie Nicks. Yes. I the best, and I feel, right? Yes, I have a question, because we always argue about this. Billy Joel or Elton John?
2: Oh boy, well, I have an answer. I have a song. my my first concert ever was Elton John, and my second concert ever was Billy Joel. I don't want to offend, I'm not trying to pick favorites, and I don't want to offend anyone. I am gay and as flamboyant as hell. I love Elton, I love
0: <laughs> Yes, 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 that's
1: me. Elton John all day. There's see- nothing that compares to an Elton John song for me. There is nothing that compares to Elton. Billy, I love Billy Joel, sorry Billy Joel, but you can't spit shine Elton shoes in my opinion.
0: Now you see, I think what it is. I know, me- see, see? Hi, El- Robert. Know. Thank you. See, so you know what it is. I'm English, so I grew up with Elton John, just like oh, it's Elton. Tiny dancer. Listen to that Billy Joel but, song but that could compared to Tiny dancer. But you see, I grew up listening to Billy Joel as well, thinking, "Ooh, who wants a house out in Hackensack?" And now here I am, <laughs> out in Hackensack. So for me, it holds a special place in that's my strong. heart because it represents all the things that I didn't know about. Like, yes. Elton John feels so like ingrained in my life because we would sing the songs at school as part of like singing class. Whereas like Billy Joel, I think it's so weird but he was more exotic. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I, know. Oh, I, don't I, know. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Hackensack <laughs> is not that
2: exotic. No, I, I mean, I, I love that he hack, and sack, hack, 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 is fun, fun in the song, but. But Elton has, he's a character and the music that he writes. But again, story, uh, they both do. I mean, Billy Joel, you know, scenes from an Italian restaurant yes. are one of the most beautiful. But El, for me, Elton, it's its epic. It's grand. He's at the piano. Those songs, those I melodies. Are, I die oh. for Elton John.
1: Exactly. That's, I was so happy you said that because, I mean, I have this argument nonstop with people. And I'm just like, oh. if they don't say Elton, I have like a rage. Joe says the same thing yeah. Billy Joel, bet. I'm like,
0: get
2: no. Well the goodness
0: is both of them are playing in the garden this year.
2: Yes. Well, I saw the Farewell Yellow Brick Road concert in the garden with my dad. We went together, we did it, we gave him tickets for Father's Day, and I have never I'm there. I have to see it again. I don't. I can't picture Elton leaving and retiring. Please don't retire. I need to. Stay. I do a lot I of songs know. On his,
0: in his shows. It's a fake out. All these people fake out with these retirement tours. They, and they come back once again.
2: Sell the tickets. I know Cher's still retiring.
0: I <laughs> know. She, looks, she looks unbelievable. But I
1: just feel like I just don't like everyone's getting older. And you know, I do think I. Taylor Swift, her songs yes. are very songwriter songs. Yes, and I think that's why they're so well received. And there's and they are magical, and people love them. So that makes me happy. Yeah,
0: and also Olivia Rodrigo, who is yes very new cool on this scene. I I think she's got she she mm-hmm. comes from a songwriter perspective, and I like that she's catching up. Listen, I love a good dance. There's no Me too. I love it. Me us. We could dance all night. You know the way I feel about it. Also, we love it. Yes. A dance party. But there has to be a Mitch a Colin Simon, Joni Mitchell. Oh, I, that's what know, I like, grew up. King. Like, how can we not
2: have those people? Mm-hmm. My mom woke up every day when she made breakfast, she played Carly Simon's greatest hits. I, I hear those songs coming around again and You're Sylvain so and, and all of that, you know, like uh, anticipation. Like my mom, that was, I mean, when I hear it, I think it's breakfast time because my mom played that every day growing yes. up. And I saw Carole King in the city. I went to see a show and I saw Carole King and she got out of the car right in front of me. And I just said to her like, if you leave, I will find you. I'll follow. I love that song on Tapestry. And I just I just like I will not fan out, but I saw her just step and I was just like, You're the most amazing songwriter. I love a songwriter. Oh I, my I god. He must have been
1: that. so flattered.
2: She was so sweet. She sang it back. She sang a little bit back to me. And then she went in and I was like, Oh that's come back. Oh
1: my God. <laughs> you know who else? Adele. We need a new album from Adele. Yes. If I'm I don't Adele. get it, oh my God. When I saw Adele in concert, I almost died. Joe
2: That's and right. Joe, big Adele fan. Right? Yes. Yeah. That voice. But I love a sad song. I'm, I'm, I'm an emotion. I'm a Scorpio, so I'm like a little water song.
1: Oh, no, when's your birthday?
2: Halloween. Oh, Ooh, Halloween bad. baby. I'm I a Halloween baby. So when I hear Adele sing about Yeah, like Joe's a her, Scorpio oh. too. We we're deep. We They're like very to very deep, deep, emotional.
1: Mm-hmm. Emotional men. I like it. Yeah. I yes, love I'm, it.
2: I wanna, I wanna hear her sing, hello.
1: I know. I wanna hear her
2: sing, oh, oh I'm just there with you, Adele. I love I her, know. she's an well, artist.
0: I got an amazing pair of shoes. I'm actually gonna post it on my Instagram because you will not believe what a steal they were. They look like a major splurge and they were from JustFab.com. I know, I saw you
1: rocking those espadrilles. Uh-huh. You know I'm an espadrille queen come mm-hmm. the summertime.
0: How much were those? I got my first pet for $10. Okay. I came a VIP. That's less than two Starbucks. I know, I know. And believe me, they look like a million bucks. They do. They're they really amazing. Do. Mark Senior's gonna be jealous too. I know, she's gonna be very jealous. I'm telling you, everyone needs to become a VIP member at justfab.com. You get your first pair of shoes for only $10, and you get 50% off any clothing, accessories, or additional styles that you might fall for. Yeah, they have great stuff. They really do. They do. Kelly Rowland did a collection with them, and they even have kids' stuff. That's perfect for you. Kids' stuff. Yeah, I love it. I could outfit my whole family. You can. By I the really way, can.
1: everything I get, though, Mark Sears is going to want, so I have to hide it from her.
0: Well, that sounds bad. She could get it for $10. So basically, if you visit the website anytime between the 1st and the 5th of the month, you can sit, decide if you want to shop or skip the month. So there's also no commitment there also. So it's great. It's like a little gift for yourself. So go to justfab.com forward slash caviar, become a VIP, and get your first pair of shoes for only... Ten dollars. Ten dollars. Less than two cups of
1: coffee. A great pair of shoes. Check out just bear with code caviar. Tell me also, we ask everybody another question. We always say we're entrepreneur real, like real advice. And and what you just basically about chasing your dream. What's the most real piece of advice that you can give to people?
2: Um uh, that's a that's a great question. Um I th- think, and, and that's a deep question too, I think the most real piece of advice, and I get asked a lot about how do you book work in entertainment? How do you book mu- music or, or television work? And what I, what I say that the most real advice that I can give is, it sounds cliche, but being yourself and networking properly, standing out so that you're memorable in some way. I wish it was mad. I wish I could wave a magic wand and say, you, you got it. But Just being able to go up to somebody and confidently have a conversation, practice at home with your friends, with your parents, and really know that when you're going to meet somebody in a setting to say, hey, I'm Robert. It's nice to meet you. What do I do? I'm a singer and here's my card or here's my information and have a good conversation because we are our worst enemies. We will hold ourselves back. We will not promote ourselves. And there's a line between being the I could say asshole of that, of not, of like being the obnoxious person who is, you know, fame whoring themselves out, trying, and also being confident enough to say like, I will have something that I want to offer and I I want, and ask for help, ask for help. No, you're right. I just feel like learning your craft and taking it seriously and everything that everyone says, you know, when you put out products, you put out a good product. When I try to put out good music, all of that's fine. So many people, out great stuff and no one ever hears about them but we have to be able to confidently and politely you know be able to, to stand out and, and embrace that what makes us different i wish i knew how to do it better it's just building that inner strength to say I- i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna do this
0: i think doubt's the thing that holds people back yes more than anything else i think doubt is almost worse than fear Yes. It's okay to have fear. Fear can motivate you, but when you doubt yourself, that's the thing that it's really, true. really it's is true. crushing, soul-crushing. So it's it's that inner dialogue of confidence you have to have with yourself every day. That doesn't come naturally either.
2: No. no. When I was first going back into music and I was talking to the, the two gentlemen who wrote the song and have been really instrumental in helping me, I said, I can't go into a, I can't book a job and go into a room with all these people who have done Broadway shows and have won awards and are on, are on television or, or they're, they're acting, like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And he said to me, they're all people sitting in a room who don't know what they're doing. It's not that scary. And he's like, so when you book the job or you go to SNL or you do that musical or you do that concert, Just remember that all the people that have working there and even if they have all this acclaim and all this, they're still people that are unsure about what they're doing too. And it kind of just humanized it for me. And I try to remember that because when I'm in a situation where I'm intimidated, I just say, everyone here is, my mom used to say, everyone's worried about themselves. So don't think everyone's, it's not all about you. (laughs) So I try to remember that, like, just go there, know what I can do, do the best job I can. and, 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 And that's what I try to remember. It was very funny. It was
0: a thing where um, HBO had an incident this week, and they blamed it on the intern. They like literally outed the intern on no. social media. But no. it was really funny seeing everyone famous people's responses. Like, dear intern I was an intern too, and I once took down the entire system. Um, <laughs> One famous girl, she was verified, I can't even remember who it was, but she was like, Dear Inton, I once posted my menstrual cycle to my calendar book oh, no. and then realized I posted it to the entire company's calendar. You what? know, like human, we're all human. Exactly. Mistakes and people make are mistakes. mistakes. I agree. Of course. Now, we have another question that we ask everyone, and I know that you've gone through so many yes. of these moments in your life, but what would you consider your biggest big boy panties moment? Were you. <laughs> Pull up those big boy
2: pants and like get on with it. Uh, interesting question. I I think that the biggest cha- the biggest thing that I, I had to overcome and, um, and get over was um when I told my story about messing up that audition to be in Rent years later. I my first I, I went to acting school and I went out and there was an audition for Rent in a local in a regional production and I went in and I was like Rogers the rocker. A, um, and, and Mark, the guy was played back. He is the guy who has the camera and he wears the glasses. And I went on the audition and, and I said, I would like to be, I would like to be Mark. I don't want to be Roger because in my head I had done that role. I had messed up those words. I'm not singing that song. And I did the audition and the director said, Would you take any other roles? And I said, Yeah, like in the ensemble, like in the background, like yeah, I'll do anything. It's my first show back they called me back in for a callback audition to be the part of Roger, the part I was afraid of. And I got offered the part. And I literally said to my cousin and my brother and everyone, I was like, I'm so scared. I cannot do this. I can't. It's my first show back. He sings for two and a half hours. And he's, he is, it just is. And I remember going to the first rehearsal, everyone there had done musical theater. I was brand new to the scene. I hadn't sung and I'm there, the new guy that everyone's looking at. And I sung the song and they gave me some notes about the harmonies and the lines. And I got in the car and I called home and I was like, I'm quitting. I'm oh. quitting this I can't do it. I cannot do it. And then, and I give a lot of credit to my brother. My brother is Sean and he's younger than me and he's the total opposite of me. Um, <laughs> but, but he said to me like, there's gonna be tough stuff. You're gonna go through tough stuff, but it'll be like, it will be hard, but you gotta do it. And I have learned that anytime I book a show or do something, there's always now this day in the beginning where I pitch like my little diva baby fit at home, like, I don't wanna do this. This is hard, I'm not doing this. And then I'm like, okay, get up tomorrow and go to work. So um, I, that was a turning point for me because I would have bailed on it again and forever I couldn't do it and then I just stuck with it and it was hard and, and and it was worth it so like sometimes we just got to push through and that was that what came to mind
0: isn't it funny though that you auditioned for that part so they thought you were worthy of that part they gave you the part they thought you could do it and it's yourself yeah you're like no like, I yeah. no I can't D- it's yep. not for me it's not I, oh, this, like that's the funny thing about it that inner dialogue and that confidence and that mm-hmm. oh shit that's what sets people apart when the tough when the going gets tough the tough get going it's you know?
2: true. yes it's true. so true who's gonna stick in and, and hang in there and i thought about that a lot during uh COVID, you know while we were all home and living through some scary things i hope that people persevered and just like, don't give up. And, and that's what I say at the end of my show, the whole idea of unfinished business and the name for me, it was music and, and getting back to entertainment. But there's somebody out there that wants to start an Etsy shop and wants to learn a foreign language and wants to go to the gym and wants to travel to Italy and wants to go on a date and hasn't, you know, and they're scared. So I hope that my little story inspires somebody to just there's something that everybody feels they want to do, but they're too scared to do it. So just do it. We, we lived this past year where everything was up in the air. We don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. So if you have this desire, just maybe you'll fail. Maybe you'll fall flat on your face. And maybe you'll end up talking to you guys here today. You know, you never know where the road is going to take you. So I hope that that's, you know, the, the music's great. And the album is great. And I'm happy to sing it. But I hope that when you leave, you really feel that little boast of confidence. Like, we got you. We're going to get through this together.
1: Oh, I oh, love that. To come well, and you, see the I show. know. I cannot wait <laughs> either. We're so Very excited. Nice. And we're so
2: thankful cool. you
1: are on here taking And Thank you really have so inspired
0: much. so much. You, yes. you really oh. have inspired us today. For sure. You are such listeners. a
1: breath of fresh air. I'm so happy yep. you came into our lives.
2: No, I love you guys. I love Mart Sr. is my girl. <laughs> so- no Mart Sr. She's so cute. Mart Mard Sr. is my girl. We have had we had our chat. She is the sweetest. I love everyone that's around you and, and the people around you are just so bright, light, and so, such good energy. If you have so many, both of you, have so many, fa- I have been singing my ass off for years. I, I went to your event, I heard from people from all over the place that are like, I love Marge is my favorite. Oh, and that's Marge so Marge sweet. Marge <laughs> and um, I am um, just incredibly grateful and I, I, ho- I said it to both of you, it was loud and I, and I wanna say it again so you really hear it. You could have asked anybody to be a part of your event. You could have asked Aww. anybody to be here today. Thank you for choosing. Thank you. We can't
1: wait to be together more often. Tell everybody where to find you.
2: Uh, you can go to you can go to RobertBannon.com and I am releasing the album on July 2nd. If you're an old school dude or, or lady or a person that loves CDs, which I don't have a CD player, but you can get it on Amazon. It's the number one new adult contemporary release. Uh, so that's amazing. And it will be streaming everywhere starting July 2nd. And then if you're an LA person, please come see me July 21st because I, I, I've i never done a show in LA and I'm doing a show at Feinstein's in LA and July 30th, I'll be at 54 Below in New York. Okay, I love that.
1: I'm <laughs> so excited. And Can't Instagram wait. on your Instagram?
2: My, my Instagram is Robert M. Bannon because someone... With twenty-two followers somewhere, it took Robert Bannon. I'm gonna find them. So it's. I know. Believe go. me, that's why Stop. I have Margaret. <laughs> Joseph. A little girl has
1: Margaret <laughs> Josephs. She wouldn't give it up when I got on the show, and I was like, I had to be the real Margaret Josephs. No, where its trialed, right. like swiped it.
2: Yeah. Come on, Margaret Josephs out there, and that Robert Bannon out there. i want, so it's Robert M. Dash. So come say hey. Say hello and uh, I'll show you some love back. I promise. Great.
1: Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Thank
2: you. You guys are a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Love Thanks you. You soon. Bye. I don't He's you a,
1: love. By the way, his
0: energy is infectious. I I'm obsessed so with love. Magic. him. He's so good. He's so talented. He is. I think he inspires so many people. I feel very inspired from that conversation,
1: too. Me, too. I feel like that's getting me moving in a lot of our business things. I'm not yes. okay. And you know what? I love what he said about the LGBTQ plus community, that they do get a bad rep, just like that one thing about monogamous relationships and everything else. Yes. And it's true. And that's absolutely ridiculous because so many of my friends are married yeah, and have beautiful relationships and have children. And I do think that's a common misnomer. So, you know, it doesn't even click to me sometimes to think that way.
0: No, I know. And it's funny. I read an article this morning that um, talking about People capitalizing on the material gains from Pride Month so like you know there's a very fine line between um, being a great ally and you know embracing Pride Month and and doing everything and then selling as many rainbow things as you can to capitalize on on the month like that it's a very it's a very finite line and it was a really interesting article and I have to finish it tonight, but it was, it was, it, it was saying like, you know, supporting raising, you know, bringing awareness, advocating, being a great ally are so, so important. And the message sometimes now is getting lost through the crazy, you know, that hallmark generation of like, yeah, the like, shopping experience, shop, of yeah, let's the get the sparkles, the
1: rainbow, let's get this, let's exactly. get that Yeah. I know so, that's so, not it's what it's
0: about. It's a very funny, um, it's, it's a weird thing because it's great to walk into Target and see a whole pride section. I think that's amazing. But at the same time, it's a it's a, it's a Yeah, fun it's important to, to have the merch and it's a great month. But while but, you wear the merch, be a good ally. Or, yes. You know, educate people, bring awareness, be accepting, you know. Do the work while you wear the merch. I guess is, yeah. is the oh, best
1: I like way. Do the work while you wear the merch. I think that's, that's a the great best way to line. look at it. You know. Yes, and everybody, please listen to Unfinished Business because his one song, which I'm so crazy about, I think he knew me, which is will bring you to tears. It is so sweet. It's great for parents to listen to. It's great for you to listen to. I think you'll just absolutely yeah. love. It. And his voice is incredible. Yes, it really will move you to tears. You'll okay. just absolutely love it. Well, thank you, Caviar Dreamers. I hope you enjoyed another pride episode this yeah. month you can find me at the real
0: margaret josephs and you find me at the life of mrs b and the podcast is every wednesday although sorry this week it's thursday we're very naughty yeah because <laughs> someone fell through my wall really yeah. Pretty sorry yeah sorry about that rough, guys rough day but you can find us at caviar dreams tuna fish budget everywhere you find your podcast apple spotify amazon everywhere and also same place on instagram and youtube yes keep dreaming caviar keep, dreamers keep dreaming caviar dreamers